Now, Lord, we come before you seeking to learn more about you through your word, and we pray for your wisdom and guidance as we go through your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, don't let the slide throw you off. We're actually in Exodus 35, and the first part we're going to study is a fulfillment of chapter 31, verses 12 through 18. And what's, what we're going to be repeating ourselves quite a bit. We're probably going to fly right through the last part of Exodus here fairly quickly because we've already studied uh, the meaning and the importance of the materials and the colors and so forth. So we're not going to repeat ourselves on that, but we are going to see how now when God said, I wanted it done this way, these are the colors and materials I want you to use. Now they're going to gather it and start construction on the tabernacle. The first thing that is stated here is the importance of the Sabbath. Moses called the whole community of the sons of Israel to assemble, and he said to them, these are the things that Yahweh commanded to make. Now, it's interesting to me that Yahweh doesn't make suggestions, right? This whole thing has to do with the covenant relationship and worship. We've had a restatement. We've seen a restatement of the covenant, which was necessary after the golden calf debacle. So everything is supposed to be back like, it's, like it should be here. And it's time now to build this tabernacle. Okay, now, Yahweh commands that they build it, but the, he starts out with the law of the Sabbath. Verse 2, six days work may be done, but on the seventh day you shall have sanctity or, or rest or holy day. A day of complete rest to Yahweh. Whoever performs work thereon on this day shall be put to death. You shall not kindle fire in any of your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Now this is a rather severe reminder of the law of the Sabbath. Now, you know, he starts, this is what, the, the fourth one. Why does he start, why does he only state this one? And you don't see anything. It's a restatement. If, a, if the covenant is being restated, then the primary command that is brought before the people that Yahweh commands for the people, of all of the Ten Commandments, it's this one uh, about keeping the Sabbath. There are reasons here for that. The first reason is if, if, if they don't keep the Sabbath, this is the easiest one to keep. I mean, who, who can not work? You know, if I'm told, don't work, I'm not going to kick and stomp and snort. I'm going to say, okay, especially if God commands it. So this is, number one, the easiest of the commandments, but it's also the most observable. Now, I could drag a guy outside the camp and kill him, and nobody I could bury him or feed him to the dogs, and nobody would know that I committed murder. In the same way, with, of course, then there are those sins of the heart. You know, you, you shouldn't covet, you know, and bear, bear false witness. That's something you can, you can hide. 
a lot of the things, but you can't hide this one. Very important for the people to understand how serious the obligation is and how serious the covenant is between Yahweh and Israel. On Yahweh's part, he makes them distinct from all other nations. He will provide for them. He will care for them. He will keep them. He will protect them. They really don't have a lot to, they have to do. Uh, Yahweh fights the battles for them. Yahweh's, Yahweh's sending them to a land that is already cultivated. They don't have to do it. They just go in there and occupy the land. Uh, so the covenant between Yahweh and Israel is, of course, something that, uh, that Yahweh takes seriously. But we see throughout the Old Testament, Israel didn't take it that seriously. Here it says, if you violate the Sabbath, you'll be put to death. So this is the command that the Pharisees went crazy with. I believe there are over 600 definitions of work of how you could violate the Sabbath. I mean, it's really ridiculous. You'd have to tie a string or rope. You could, you could walk so far, but you couldn't walk any farther than that. And so you had to tie a rope and you had to make sure that you didn't go one inch beyond. It's all kind of crazy stuff about how to comb your hair, how not to comb your hair, what you could do, what you couldn't do. All kinds of crazy stuff. Um, the whole thing is, it points to the fact that God has done everything for us and we cannot add to what God has done for us. It comes to rest in Jesus Christ and we learn in the New Testament that Jesus is our Sabbath. So we rest on the completed work of Jesus. The illustration, the kindergarten version, the coloring book version of the Old Testament was just don't work on that day. Take it easy. Don't perform any work. Because if you do, it's a tacky thing to do. And I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty plain. Uh, don't even kindle a fire in your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. So, I mean, you can't even look like <laughs> I've told this story before, I'm sure. My, my dad was very strict raising me and my brothers and sister. I couldn't shoot pool. I couldn't play cards. We buy a game. If we bought a game, a board game, and it had dice in it, we had to take it back because we had to use a spinner. We couldn't use dice. I couldn't go to dance. Well, I didn't want to go to dances, but I didn't complain too much about that one. But I wasn't supposed to ever dance, you know. Just, just real, real strict about things like that. Uh, one time when I was 10 years old, seemed like everything bad happened to me when I was 10. That was a rough year. That's the year I got saved. That's right. That's the year I was. No wonder it was such a rough year. Daddy bought a. Riding lawnmower. 
Boy, that thing could move. It was like a go-kart. Well, you know, you have to engage the blade to cut the grass. You don't, if you don't engage the blade, you're just riding. And the first Sunday that Daddy had bought that thing, I ran home after church and ran out there and put changing clothes and jumped on that riding lawnmower, and I was just going around the house, man. I just having the biggest time. He came out and chewed me out. Got me off that thing, made me put it up. He told me not to ever ride that lawnmower on Sunday because it looked like I was working. And so that, that, that tells you something about, uh, about my daddy. Well, in this case, it was a very simple thing. I mean, I, you know, you should have, these, these Jews should have never asked the question to define work because, brother, whenever these leaders had, a, had an opportunity to define work, they beat them over the head with it. Uh, and it was just ridiculous. You know, I, uh, the way you could make your bed, I don't know, I, I, used, to have a li- I used to have the list, and I've got it somewhere, uh, the silly things about what you could do with your hair and a comb and, and, and all kind of stuff. You've heard the old saying, my ox is in the ditch. You couldn't, you couldn't help a person who had fallen because he was hurt. You couldn't do that. That was practice in medicine. But if your ox was in a ditch, you could help and get the ox out of the ditch because that was something you, have to, you had to have for livelihood. It's just really silly stuff. The Lord simply told them that they needed to have sanctity on that day, a day of rest. Now, you know, I, I, I understand don't go out and hoe your garden. I understand don't go out and plow the field. I understand that. Don't go out if you're a, if you're a baker. Don't go out and knead the dough or something like that. I understand all that. But, uh, like, you can't even comb your hair or things, things that are really, really kind of crazy. I can only take... I can only take 212 steps from my front door. I'm working if I've gone the 200 or however how many steps there were. The 213th step is a work. And I get killed for that. See? Well, that's not what God said. And of course, this is one thing that Christ addressed. And that's why they got so mad at him. Because, you know, that time when his, they were walking through a field and his, his disciples were hungry and they grabbed some husks of grain, tossed it in their mouth. And and man, the Pharisees came down on him hard that they were working on the Sabbath. They were hungry, you know. Um, They forgot the last part of that, didn't they? Shall be put to death. Well, I don't know. You you mean the disciples or the Pharisees? Pharisees. Oh, well, if if it wasn't for Rome, the Pharisees would have killed them. Only Rome could put people to death. That's why they had to have the Romans involved in the crucifixion. Uh, so if it hadn't been for that, all oh, that had killed them. Yeah, they'd have killed. They'd have killed Jesus quickly. Uh, but that wasn't the will of the Father. Uh, however, that said, it was a very significant. Uh, it was a very significant responsibility for Israel to show the world that 
on this day of the week, nothing is more important to me than to rest on God's work, on what God has done for me. So no wonder, no wonder it was so, if we look at it from a Christian perspective, no wonder it was so severe because now people have to understand there is nothing you can do that can add to the finished work of Christ. Yes, you should be baptized. That's in, that's in obedience to the command of the Lord. But you don't add that to what Christ has already done in order to be saved. Um, yes, we should observe the Lord's Supper. We're never commanded to observe the Lord's Supper. But we should to remember the Lord and what He's done. Um, but there are some who believe that if you don't ever observe the Lord's Supper, you've never been saved. Um, so anyway... We can stand here and look back from our perspective and see why, for example, the law of the Sabbath was so important because you and I rest on the finished work of Christ. We can't, we can't finish out what, what we are in Christ. He, he already finished it. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many more times I'll mess up before I die. Uh, and so I have to depend on the finished work of Christ so you and I can understand the importance of the law of the Sabbath as an illustration of resting in Christ. But here it was an observable commandment. People could be observed. They, they could be noted if they were not obedient uh, to the law of the Sabbath. So it starts out this way. You're going to have to live like you're in the covenant. You're going to have to look like you're in the covenant. You're going to have to be observant of, of the law of the Sabbath. Now, for the next several verses, it's a repeat of what we've already studied, but we'll just go through it quickly. And here are the offerings of the tabernacle materials, and this is a fulfillment of chapter 25, verses 1 through 7. Moses spoke to the entire community, the sons of Israel, saying, this is the word that Yahweh has commanded to say. Okay. Yahweh, Yahweh receives worship, but he commands how you're going to worship him. You know, it's possible that people can think that they are worshiping Yahweh and actually be dishonoring him. That's what happened in Samaria in the northern kingdom uh, back in the day of the division. They, were, they, were, they thought they were honoring Yahweh, but they were mixing in too much of the other stuff. And uh, it, it came under condemnation. So Yahweh, Yahweh will receive the worship, but he commands how he's going to be worshiped. Uh, and he, he gives again, again, all of the, uh, all of the material. Take an offering. That's what they say about Baptists, you know. We don't receive an offering. We take it. <laughs> take from yourselves an offering for Yahweh. Every generous-hearted person shall bring it, namely Yahweh's offering, gold, silver, copper, blue, purple, crimson, wool, linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, tachash skins, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil, the incense, the shochem stones and the filling stones for the ephod and the chosan. The, uh, oh, I'm going to keep going here. And every wise-hearted person uh, 
among you shall come and make everything Yahweh has commanded. Now that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Here's the invitation from Moses. Let all wise-hearted people come to me. <laughs> I, don't know if it, I don't know if it'd be a cloud of dust and everybody goes. I don't know. Uh, the Michigan or the tabernacle, it's tent, it's cover, it's clasps, planks, bars, pillars, sockets, the ark and its poles, the ark cover, the screening, the dividing curtain, uh, table, its poles, all the implements with it, the showbread, the menorah, uh, for lighting its implements, its lamps, its, the oil for it, the altar for incense, its poles, anointing oil, incense, and the screen of the entrance for the entrance of the Mishkan. Uh, the altar for the burnt offering, its copper grating, poles, its implements, the washstand, its base, hangings of the courtyard, its pillars and its sockets, and the screen of the gate of the courtyard, the pegs of the Mishkan and the pegs of the courtyard and their ropes, the meshwork garments to serve in the holy, that is the, the most holy place, the, the holy garments for Aaron the, the priest, and he's Gadol because he's high priest, and the garments of his sons in which to serve as priests or as the priesthood. The entire community departed from before Moses. Every man whose heart uplifted him came and everyone whose spirit inspired him to generosity brought the offering of Yahweh for the work of the tent of meeting for all of its service and for the holy garments. The men came with the women. Every generous hearted person brought bracelets, earrings, rings, buckles, golden objects. Every man who waved a waving of gold to Yahweh. Every man with whom was found blue, purple, crimson, wool. They took all their crimson. Uh, linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red. Whoops. Ram skins dyed. Uh, Tash skins, uh, and they brought them. Everyone who set aside an offering of silver or copper brought the offering to Yahweh. Everyone with whom acacia wood was found for any work of the service brought it. Every wise, now you see what it says. Everybody who had that stuff brought it. Everybody. Uh, and everyone, let's see, and every wise-hearted woman spun with her hands and they brought spun material, blue, purple, crimson, wool, and linen. And all the women whose hearts uplifted them with wisdom spun the goat hair. And the princes uh, brought the shaham stones and the filling stones and the ephod and the, for the chosen and the spice and the oil for lighting and the anointing oil for the incense and every man and woman whose heart inspired them to generosity to bring for all the work that Yahweh had commanded to make through Moses, the sons of Israel, brought a gift for Yahweh. Now, how long do you, okay, you got two to three million people. How long do you think the offertory lasted? Verses of just as I yeah, yeah, we, we might have had to. <laughs> yeah, we might have had to float into the next. Now, would you turn over? Yeah, don't turn over in your hymn books. You ever seen anybody do that? Turn over in your hymn books. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you have to ladle the pew and get down and roll over. Turn over in your hymn books. All right, here we go. That's what they did then. Uh, <laughs> so they're bringing all this stuff, all of them. Do you see where it says all of them? Every man and woman whose heart inspired. 
Now go back and what did it say? Everyone who set aside an offering, every wise hearted woman. So you had a whole bunch of people doing a whole lot of stuff and bringing a whole lot of stuff. That, that, that would have taken days uh, to, to collect all this stuff, especially if the women got to work spending the material like it was supposed to be so it would be put together in the right way for the curtains and so forth. Okay, now, the work of the skilled craftsman. We're going to note something here. Moses said to the sons of Israel, now this is a, this is a fulfillment of chapter 31, verses 2 through 6. Moses said to the sons of Israel, See, Yahweh has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. There it is, Ben-Hur, Ben-Hur, the son of Hur. He has imbued him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom. And with insight and with knowledge and with talent for all manner of craftsmanship to do master weaving, to work with gold, silver, and copper, with the craft of stones for setting, with the craft of wood to work with every manner of thoughtful order. And you think about this guy. He would always have a job. <laughs> and it didn't matter how bad things got, he could turn to the other thing, right? Uh, look at this. All manner of craftsmanship. He could weave. He was a goldsmith, silversmith, coppersmith. He was a gemologist and a jeweler to set stones. He was a carpenter. And everything that he did was good. He did good work on everything that he did. Now, how is it he was able to do that? Here's why. God gave him the spirit of wisdom and knowledge to do these, these things with insight. So, uh, you know, this is probably a, a valuable guy. You might ought to keep your eye on him. Um, and he put into his heart the ability to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. So now he can also teach what he does to others. He imbued them with the spirit of the heart to do all sorts of work of a craftsman and master worker and an embroiderer with blue, purple, crimson wool, and the linen of weavers, those who do every manner of work, and master weavers. Now, we're going to move into chapter 36 and verse 1. We're going to look at the first seven uh, verses. Bezalel and Aholiab, an every wise-hearted man into whom Yahweh had imbued wisdom and insight to know how to do, shall do all of the work of the service of the the very holy place, the most holy, according to all that Yahweh has commanded. Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man into whose heart Yahweh had given wisdom, everyone whose heart lifted him up to approach the work to do it. So they took from before Moses all of the offerings that the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the holy, and they brought him more gifts every morning. Now this gets good right here. Then all the wise men who were doing the work of the holy came, each one from his work, which they had been doing. They spoke to Moses, and here's what they said. They're bringing too much offering. <laughs> now you, that's all I started to say. They, 
Now they may have fellowship like Baptists when they when they sat down to eat and rose up to play, but uh, but when it came to offering, they lost their minds. They had to keep receiving the stuff and melting it and putting it together and weaving it until they had more than they needed. And they said, we can't do this and do this too. Okay. They're bringing too much. The people are bringing very much more than enough for the labor of the articles which Yahweh has commanded to do. So Moses commanded and they announced in the camp saying, let no man or woman do any more work for the offering for the holy so the people stopped bringing. Well, I'll tell you, you give them a chance, they'll stop bringing. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. And the work was sufficient for them for all the work to do it and, to, and too much for them to work with is what that means right there. Okay, we'll stop there. So the points are the importance of the law of the Sabbath. This thing is going to get started right. You have work to do, but don't you dare work on the Sabbath. That was, an, that was an evidence of the people's commitment to the covenant that Yahweh had established with them. Uh, he, they'll be his people. He will be their God. The second thing to note is that God sees to it and the people work within that, sees to it that everything that he said had to be done would be fulfilled. Now, since he first gave the pattern until the time of the actual building of the tabernacle, the people had gotten in a mess and they had to work through some stuff. And Yahweh took them through it with, with severe measures and, of course, with reemphasizing that Moses was the man with whom he would speak. And he even showed in a visible way uh, that, that his hand was on Moses. Then the people came back and, and recommitted themselves to the covenant. And with that, uh, really to show the, the hearts of the people, the Bible says, you know, they, they, they obviously they didn't feel... Uh, they didn't feel pressured. I mean, they just, with their generous hearts, they did it, and they kept doing it. And the women kept putting the, the weaving the stuff together according to the pattern that had been given earlier. And they kept bringing these materials. They just kept doing it, kept doing it, and kept doing it until Moses finally said, "We have more than enough. You just need, y'all need to just relax now and and let these craftsmen get on with the work uh, that they need to do." So the word and will of God, of course, were fulfilled, always are. And because they were going to be fulfilled, God had, had resourced or had gifted craftsmen. He gave them the gift of what they needed to see to it that this, this most excellent work uh, was done. So this was going to be this is going to be the nicest thing in, in that part of the world for those who could, well, especially for the priesthood who could see inside. The, it's going to look very bland and plain for the most part on the outside. But on the inside where the holy place is, the holy of holies, is just going to be, uh, it was just going to be a, a marvel 
which nobody could look at except, except uh, the priesthood or the high priest once a year in the holy place. All right, we'll stop there. And uh, God willing, we'll do maybe two or three chapters next time because we just have to read it and reflect on it because we've already looked at so much of the, thing that's being, the things that are being fulfilled. All right, let's pray. Lord, we marvel at your word and your will and your purpose and how it always is worked out according to your plan because of your great power. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us into your salvation. We pray, oh God, that you'll use us as you see fit, as you did those people so long ago. In Jesus' name, amen.